Hello and welcome to another episode of History Creeps. I am one of your co-hosts, Chris Chavez, and I am joined with by... Who's to, who's, who are you pointing to? I'm pointing to you. Johnny Townsend. What's up, everybody? I'm Carter Johnson. How's everybody doing? And we're back. We're back for another episode of history information with a little sprinkling of creepiness. It's probably more creepiness than anything, but yeah. that may be just because that I'm involved. <laughs> I thought no, you guys, were... guys, there's something up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's not Superman. I can't figure it out. It's unidentified. I, I can't make it out. What is it? It's a flying saucer. I'm the master of the segue. <laughs> there you go. The flying saucers. You're bringing up the topic of our episode this this uh, this episode, obviously. Um, it's not really flying saucers because we could just talk about flying saucers, but we're going to talk about a couple of instances in history um, that are actually well documented. That you can find newspaper clippings um, that took these that reported these things. Um, they happen in history, but now you look back and you're like, "What was it? Was it a UFO? Is it a hoax? Is it a government cover-up? Conspiracies? I mean." And how many weather balloons do we put up? Because apparently, according to our government, like it's a constant weather balloon. Good lord, right? That's my it's first. Constant thing. weather balloon party going up in our skies. <laughs> weather balloons and swamp gas. Now the yeah. I- the idea for weather balloons was what? Just to collect data for for like. Just to collect data, yeah. That. So really, did it. we did we have hundreds of thousands up in the air at that time before computers and satellite? We do they still do they still use them today? They do. They do still use them today, but really? it's mostly for meteorological research and stuff like that. They're not. They're they not, don't use them the way that they used to anymore. So they're not blaming UFOs on them anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> they've got they've got new explanations now. Like the swamp gas, you said. Swamp gas. Which is what I get anytime. Which is what I get eat at Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, my favorite is always mass hysteria. You know. Oh yeah, mass hysteria is great. Uh huh. That's a great one. That's a great band. That's hilarious. <laughs> you guys heard the new Mass Hysteria album? It's amazing. Sounds like an 80s hair metal band. Their oh, no- yeah. Their number one hit, it was a weather balloon. <laughs> number two. That is, that, you is feel a line, that is a line from a song, actually, Chris, called uh, called uh, Unmarked Helicopters. Yes, from the X-Files, original yep. X-Files soundtrack. Yep. I love that bunch song. bunch of nerds. I crying love out. that song, oh, come man. on. Who watches X Files besides me and both of you? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I feel like I should start this, guys. So, you know, our government has not always been. What's the word I'm looking for? Honest. honest. Yeah, <laughs> honest would be a great word. Now, whether it's so to protect us from ourselves, which is what seems like to be their usual explanation, or whatever, you know, they have really looked into this UFO thing more than once have they looked into this phenomenon or whatever you want to call it of the UFOs. And they've a couple of times had even had uh, projects. I mean, you had project sign and you had project grudge. And then I think the one everybody remembers the most is project blue book. Wait, hold on a second. Project sign and project grudge. Yeah. Those came before blue book. Never even heard of these. Now that's another thing I'm going to have to look up. Oh, they're pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Oh, they're really? basically the same thing. They just, they were just reboots. They just gave him reboots. <laughs> yeah. It was like the. It was like there was projects. What was it? What was the first one? Time slime, sign, sign. 
project sign and then they're like we need a reboot all right this will yep. be like the new 52 so we're gonna call it project grudge yeah and then like the infinite crisis would be the blue book <laughs> <laughs> that's right we cover all kinds of nerd stuff here oh i hope everybody got those references if they didn't uh, if they did it's fine they understand the uh the project if you don't get the references you should listen to back issues comic book podcast or into oblivion <laughs> podcast we don't deal with that we're just complete stupidity never even heard now, of them <laughs> Project. <laughs> All right, and our Project Blue Book. What's really interesting about this is that it's 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 the U.S. Air Force that's behind it. Hmm. So it's a it's a true government thing. Now you know other countries to this day, their governments actually look into UFOs. They take them seriously. They actually they they encourage citizens to call in with anything that they see. Right, as, as I think any any government should want that because if you're true about protecting your skies. I'm not saying that there's aliens constantly coming down here, but it's probably a good idea to, you know, if something's not identified, to go see what it is. You don't, for, you don't believe in aliens? You're not a believer? I am a, it's impossible for me to say that there's no, nothing else in this universe because it seems really cocky uh-huh. <laughs> of us to say that we're the only beings that are possible in this vast, humongous space. So it, I think it's completely possible, but also at the same time, I think it's very full of ourselves to think that they're constantly coming down and seeing when I'm taking a shower. <laughs> well, let me ask <laughs> you. Want, you know, break it on if they want, but, you know, I'm just saying. Let me I'm ask, sure it's happened before, though, but yeah, whatever. Let me ask you this. So um, where do you stand in ter- – okay, so I, I get that because I'm the same way. The universe is too big. There's got to be some sort of intelligence out there. Um, so when you hear about these stories about uh, crashed UFOs or that the government covered – our government, not world governments, other governments – acknowledge them our government covers them up and you'll have uh, conspiracy theorists that say um it's because we've actually made contact with these beings and have formed some sort of agreement our government and and these like there's these kinds of things out there uh what's your stance on that do you believe that there was any possibility that anything visited us at least once i think it's a complete possibility i'm not saying that i think it happened but you cannot if you're being completely honest, say that it's 100% that's never happened. I think that you always got to allow that there's a at, least, at the very least a 1% chance that it has happened. But you're not a, you don't you don't take stock in the government knows about it and is covering it up. I take complete stock in the government knows a lot more than what they tell us oh. on, on anything. Oh. But I don't know <laughs> like about that. Like I'm not going unless I see one, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're that they visited us. But I will say like you said there's got to be intelligent life somewhere else besides here. And, and we're using intelligence <laughs> to describe us very loosely because we made the Kardashians famous. <laughs> yeah. No kidding, right? Maybe that's why they stopped coming. There you go. Yeah. They stopped coming because they're like, okay, look at the path these guys are going on. Yeah. <laughs> like they made the Kardashians famous and Trump is really close to becoming president. So they're like, I don't have <laughs> like, any, I don't want to these guys. These guys aren't ready yet. Yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Maybe they'll be good. Can you imagine if Trump is president and then that's when aliens really do want to make first contact? He's gonna go he's gonna go right up to him and go, You're fired. They go they go, take me to your leader. Like what would you really say, Okay, we're taking you to Donald <laughs> Trump? <laughs> <laughs> take me to your leader and your leader just happens to be Donald Trump. I'm gonna have second guesses about where to take this this alien. <laughs> I am too, yeah. I am too. <laughs> so okay, so you don't believe that the the government is has any sort of cover up, um, because you're talking about P- Project Blue Book, right? And this was something that they said didn't exist originally. That this book doesn't exist. 
Well, there's a lot of things the government said didn't exist, but now say it does. Like Area 51, for Area example. Area 51 is a big one, it, yeah. It would be a big one. They actually acknowledge its existence now, when before they completely said it wasn't. Even though you could drive up to it and have a gun pointed at your face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, but that doesn't Project exist. Blue Book, though, was completely them. Uh, they, were, they had a bunch of scientists and really cr- people a hundred times more intelligent than I who would actually take these reports that they would get of unidentified objects very seriously and go look into them and check them out. Uh, there's, um, it was, it was the reason that it's probably the most famous of these three that I mentioned. It's by far the longest running. It went from 1952 to 1969. So okay. that's a, that's a good while that they actually kept this thing going. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, the headquarters at the, was at the Wright Patterson air force base in Ohio, which is actually a pretty well-known base too. It's, uh. Carter, isn't it like the the other? Isn't that the place where they say that if there were bodies taken at mm-hmm. some point, that they would be taken there? There were, yeah. There's a couple of bases that are mentioned in the lore, but that's that's the main one. Yeah. Also, I was going to say that's Patterson coming up. Has houses the what used to be called the Foreign Technology Division of the Air Force, and they're the guys that would recapture you know enemy aircraft and tear them apart to figure out how they worked. Yes. Yep. So if you're going to take you know crap, that's those are the guys you would take the crash UFO to. Yes. Hmm. Now, uh, okay, when this study was done, when they had finished it, about 90% of the sightings they said could be explained. But that means 10% were not. And that's out of uh, at least 12,000 sightings total. So so that 10% still re- relates to a huge number that they couldn't explain. Exactly. Yep. Now, I don't know about you guys, but as when I, when I was growing up, like UFOs were one of the things that really fascinated me. Oh yeah, for sure. They want to know what Absolutely. they were. So I would always read all these books about it, and a name that kept popping up to me was Dr. Alan Hynek. Yes. Uh huh. And he was a big part of Project Blue Book. Uh, he was actually involved in all three of those projects I'd mentioned before. Yeah. He, he was a scientist. <laughs> yeah, he was an incredibly smart man. He and at the very beginning, what's really interesting about his story was when they first, when the Air Force first asked him to be a part of it. They really wanted them there to disprove all of it. That's what they wanted. Yep. And he claimed at the very beginning that UFOs were, he called it a fad. That was his words. Like, that's a quote. He called the UFO thing a fad. But then what's really interesting is the more you study about this guy's career and stuff, like his opinion on the UFOs actually started to change. Yep. And he actually kind of went against the, the Air Force. Like, he would pretty much say that it was really irresponsible for other scientists and such to say that there's no such thing as when we really got to take these things seriously just in case wow so he's actually a really fascinating man so i'd kind of encourage anybody who's really interested in stuff to actually check out some of his work uh so that's that's pretty much project blue book they would literally go around and check any like let's say uh carter was driving down the road and he saw a, a light blinking in in the sky and he called and he called and they would actually take it seriously then even if he was just actually seeing a phone tower out in the distance, they would still go come out and check it out. They were taking this very seriously. So they sent Mulder and Scully out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were the X-Files before the X-Files Project yeah. Blue Book. Yeah, they really were, honestly. Yeah, they they were, really were. Yeah. Uh, you know, the truth was out there for them, and they were looking for it. I wonder if they had those those guys, those the, the, the Fox Mulder that was just like, I want to believe. You know, and he's going out to these guys and he's got his partner and it's the 1950s. Right. So he's out there in the car and they're like, I saw the light in the sky. And he looks over. You see the light, you know, the tower in the distance blinking. He's like, well, it's obviously that. And then this dude's just like, well, let's stay here till night and just see what you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I can just sit there at night and it's still just that blinking. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Scully. You were right. I don't know why. I just that's what I made mortar in the 1950s sound like. <laughs> Everyone in the 1950s spoke that way. I don't know if they did. <laughs> they were all on coke. They were all drinking Coca-Cola made with coke. <laughs> this just in. There's aliens. <laughs> exactly. But uh, now you know we cannot talk about UFOs without mentioning you know two really famous ufo incidents that are famous historically yes and i gotta say the one that we're the one i want to talk about um at the time flying saucers and ufos like the term flying saucer hadn't even been coined yet like so the idea of flying saucers ufos anybody coming from you know space and mars was still all just sci-fi stories you know what i mean but so 1942 is the time i'm talking about uh you guys remember Pearl Harbor in 41, right? Yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't there, but, <laughs> but I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I would just want to get you in the mind frame because this, yeah. this, this plays into uh, World War II actually plays into um, – did I say World War I originally? I think I meant World War II. Uh, anyway, p- uh, plays into a lot of what happened uh, on the story I want to tell you guys about. Now, so this happened during the Vietnam War. Yes. <laughs> Let's just confuse our audience as much as we can. Just so you, just so you know, Saddam Hussein yeah. sent over... So, so what you're telling me is Jefferson Davis in the Civil War. <laughs> so, so the story I'm bringing up um, that I wanted to talk about today, and before we decided this and, I, and we brought up the, the subjects, had you guys heard of the, the Battle of Los Angeles or the Great Raid on Los Angeles? Yes. I had, I had even before that, whatever movie, if you would even no. call it, that came out. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, I knew what it was. I'd actually read into it because it was fascinating to me. Yeah. Well, see, I think that's it's like you said. We were uh, when we were younger. I think we were all of us are the same way. We were super fascinated by these things. I remember. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember you know getting books out of the library about UFOs and just reading them voraciously, page after page, looking at the pictures. Like I remember like really studying those pictures, seeing if I could figure out is it real. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think it's really important to back up what you said earlier of the year when this event happened that you're about to talk about. Yep. Because we literally had just entered World War II, which was obviously the biggest, most global war that we've ever had. Yeah, just months. Just months earlier. So December, what was It's December 12th, right? No, December 7th, 1941 is Pearl Harbor. So yep. what I'm going to talk about happened on the night of uh, February 24th, just a few months later, uh, into the, the early morning of February 25th. And um, I'll tell you one thing I didn't know. Uh, in doing some research on this, did you guys know that after the, the, the bombing at Pearl Harbor, that wasn't the only time the Japanese attacked our, our actual soil? Yeah, they had done it once before, too, hadn't they? Actually, after. Oh, oh no, I didn't know that. Really? Okay, so see, this is... You see, a- I, knew that, I knew that they had at some point. I kind of thought it was before, though. But I also knew that... You know, I think a lot of people don't realize that the war was actually really close to America, as in a lot of U-boats, the Germans yep. would send a lot of U-boats in, into the Gulf of Mexico even, and they would sink our ships. Yeah, World War II, uh, over in, in New York City, they'd have a lot of, there were some, there was uh, U-boats out in the harbor, like just out outside the harbor, uh, and we can get, I, this is actually another subject I want to get into at some point, uh, but the, our, our government, the U.S. government, employed the help of the mafia uh, to secure the harbor in New York City. But anyway, it's a whole different story. <laughs> the, ja- the Japanese on the Pacific coast over by Los Angeles, uh, they had submarines out there also. 
what if they have, <laughs> what if they've applied the mafia to really help them with UFOs? you aliens in here. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? This, my birthday. <laughs> gets one. <laughs> oh man. Um, the alien gets a human head in his bed when he doesn't do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> screaming his head off. <laughs> oh god. Um, hang on one sec here. All right. So anyway, um, the Japanese on the coast of California. It's 1942, a couple of months after Pearl Harbor, and on the night, uh, I think it was February 23rd, the night that this had, oh no, the night before, February 23rd, uh, President Roosevelt gave one of his fireside addresses. You guys know what that is? Oh yeah, he would always give constantly the fireside chats. Yeah, if there isn't, if the listeners don't know what it is, back in the 40s, uh, the president did this thing where he'd get on the radio and he just kind of talked to you and let you know the state of the union, what's going on. And uh, they called it fireside chats because people would just kind of get it's it's kind of like that old mentality back in the day when you'd sit at the fire, you know, when that was all your entertainment. You listen to the stories or whatever, you know, was read to you by the the father of the grandfather of the house. Yes, yes. And, and for those who don't know, a radio is <laughs> it's an older version of podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in 1942, uh, February 23rd, he was giving a, a fireside address. And during during this address, um, he was basically letting the country know, listen, we're about to enter this war. Uh, what we used to you know, n- think of as a protection, the oceans, is about to become the fields of war. This is where we're going to fight, right? Uh, the Japanese had submarines off the coast of, I believe it was Santa Barbara, and they started shooting shells out because they were trying to uh, destroy the uh, refinery that was on the coast there. But with seashells? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they were just shoot. They were shooting off their, um, I don't know, what, what, what kind of shells are those? Like rockets or something? What comes off? Giant, the, giant the, painful shells. Exactly. Uh, the big ones, you know? <laughs> the ones that you put up to your ear, you can hear the ocean. Yeah, conch shells. But these you hear Billy Ocean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, they actually succeeded in actually. I mean, it hit a bunch of of the you know, the refineries and stuff. They missed the huge gas plant. There was a big gas plant that it, it seemed that that was their target, and they missed it. But they had actually succeeded in you know landing more attacks on our soil without us responding. We ended up sending out uh, I guess planes to try to fight them off, but the boat had gotten the the uh, submarine had gotten away. Um, so because of that, the next day it's in the papers, look, that we were attacked. There's pictures of, you know, them going through the wreckage and stuff. And so all day you're reading this and you're thinking, here it comes. World War II is coming to America. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, think, I think it's also important to note that during this time we were like the country as a whole was really afraid of the war, you know, landing on our doorstep for yeah, the most part. Big time. And, I mean, even to the point where we would send Americans who just happened to be of Japanese descent into camps ourselves. Yeah. We don't like to talk about that, but we did do it. I mean, it's yeah. a, a shameful part of our history that we did do. I didn't know about that until a couple of years ago. I learned that. And that blew me away when I learned that. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't like to talk about it for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. That's what they don't teach you in history. We actually, they did. They rounded up all the Jap, almost all the Japanese people in America of Japanese descent and put them in internment camps. Yep. Um, for sure. That's how scared. That's how scared 
uh, we were at the time. Yeah, uh, we, that, is no, that is in no way justifying it, no. but that's that's why they were doing it out of fear. Exactly, um, and because of this, uh, they would also do blackouts. A lot of the major cities would have blackouts at night, so that just in case they were sending more planes to bomb us, they wouldn't know where the major cities were. Um, Los, An- Los Angeles had just come out of that scare for a little bit, and Los Angeles, Angeles. Uh, and then this this shelling just you know south of them had gone off, and that was it. So that night they decided they were going to have a blackout again. So the citizens of Los Angeles, um, you got to think of what's in their head, right? Like at any moment, planes could start, you know, going overhead and dropping bombs on them, like uh, the Blitz. Exactly. Yeah, you're in constant fear. Like you're constantly yeah. looking up in the sky, and if you see anything, any plane, can you? It's just a little, a little commuter plane or something going by, and it's freaking you out. Right. Uh, but apparently, and there's a lot of contradicting reports on this. So on the night of the 24th, it's nighttime. Uh, there are a lot of people who lived in the area who said they heard planes going overhead. Um, and they, they, uh, one of the, the main army bases or, or air force bases around there were getting these phone calls and saying, we're hearing these planes. Um, but the people that were out at the, um, what do you call it? The, the little bases, they, they wouldn't see anything in the sky. Nothing was coming up on radar. So they just like wrote it off as war jitter, right? All of a sudden later on in the night, something shows up on their radar. And it's, uh, and it's moving slowly, and it's making its way towards the coast off the water. So right away, like it's, it's happening. The the, the military is flipping out. They're they're calling in saying, "Hey, this is happening." The the, uh, the artillery batteries that are uh, along the coast there get ready. They put them on um, a green alert, which means get ready for firing. Like we're not going to play games here. We're taking these these planes down when they when they show themselves. Uh, but they didn't see anything. Again, conflicting reports. There are hundreds of thousands of people who say they saw one massive object in the sky that just kind of glided over them slowly, almost like a blimp. Some people say they saw a squadron of planes, like 12 planes go by. What ends up happening is floodlights hit this, hit, you know, light up. The, the town's all dark. There's no lights at all, but floodlights light up the sky. Now, have you ever seen crossing floodlights like in those old school, like, Hollywood premieres. I mean, oh, they're yeah. just they're just yeah. beautiful white straight lines straight into the black night. You know what I mean? Yep. So this is all you can see these going off and all these and people who live in these towns, they're all coming out of their house because they hear the air raid siren going off and they want to see what's going on. Like they're supposed to be like hunkering down and going in basements and nope, they're all actually lining up on the beaches and stuff to see what's going on up in the skies. Well, yeah, they didn't have cell phones back then to keep them busy. <laughs> <laughs> Or the Kardashians on TV to yeah. watch. Exactly. Like literally, like literally, if it happened now, half of the people wouldn't go outside because they're too busy on their Facebook. You know, I always <laughs> say like, that, like I could go outside and look at this possible alien invasion, or I could take a selfie. I mean, which one am I going to do? Or I could wait for somebody else to take a selfie with the alien. Exactly. <laughs> Photobombing. Exactly. Exactly. So these lights shoot up and they light up the sky and they're crisscrossing and people are watching this go on, and then the next thing. Boom, boom, boom. These are these huge anti-aircraft guns that they have in you know specific points along the coast just start going off, exploding, shooting into the night sky. Um, and it went on for hours. It was just pumping shell after shell into the sky, just shooting bullets, shooting you know all these things at anti-aircraft things. And you can't see anything. There's nothing in the sky to be seen. It doesn't look like anything's getting hit. 
And then all of the spotlights all converge on one point. And that's where everyone focuses their fire and they're shooting like crazy at this one point. And everyone who sees it sees that there's something there in the sky, obviously. Um, nothing ever came down. All of these trained, well-trained military men um, who are on the, we're on the verge of war. We're expecting war to come to us. Uh, they, these are the top of the line guys who, you know, they're marksmen. They know how to shoot. Nothing came down. They were literally there to protect our shores. They yeah. were there protecting us. And they shot nothing. All the thousands of, of, of rounds of ammunition they pumped into the sky, nothing came down. And there's nothing that the Japanese or the Germans had at that time that could have survived that. Yeah, no, not at all. It would have not. Uh, yeah, not it, anywhere close to that. Yeah. So what ends up happening, and the Air Force decided they weren't going to send planes out. They wanted to wait to see if there was any any more vehicle, you know, planes showing up on radar before they sent because they didn't want it to be a trap. You know what I mean? They didn't or or like um to be a diversion where where they're putting all their planes out over here over this one thing and then all of a sudden planes come from another angle at them. They didn't want to do that. So they said that they left their planes on the ground. Again, there's conflicting reports on that because there's hundreds of thousands of eyewitnesses that say there were American planes going up there and shooting at this thing as well. And this thing was just the thing that was in the sky. Whatever we were shooting at it, it was absorbing. It just was doing nothing to it, just bouncing right off of it. That's creepy. Well, that's, what's, that's what like, a lot of eyewitnesses say. Um, you're not going to hear that from official statements. Oh, no, what a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what, do, uh, what do the officials say? Like, you know... Obviously, they were shooting at something. You can't yeah. hide that. Yeah, exactly. So here's the great thing. Okay, so the Navy um, comes out and says uh, it was a, it was a false alarm. Sorry, we messed up. Right? <laughs> we messed up for two hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and this is the very next day. Uh, it, it comes out saying that there was a strange object in the sky. You can find headlines of papers all over, you know, saying this was happening. You can find yep. there's actually a very famous photograph of all of those spotlights converged on the one thing that's in the sky. Um, that was printed all over the newspapers. I've and, seen that one. Yeah, it's really sweet. Now, now that picture's touched up. It's touched up because back in those days, um, for black and white to really pop. Uh, it, they couldn't capture that, you know, those spotlights contrasting on the black sky the right way. So they had to retouch it. But uh, what's in the sky, like the what it's it's not like they added anything to it. You know what I mean? They just made the whiter, whiter and, and the, the darker, darker. You know what I mean? To give more yeah. of the contrast. Um, so you're saying they didn't have Photoshop back then? Yeah, no, they had they had <laughs> no. the old one. What was that? What was that program? GIMP? You guys ever heard of that program? No, I've walked Jim? like that Jim? before. <laughs> It was, Microsoft, it was Microsoft. It was Microsoft Paint. Uh, <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> there you go. There's old school for you. Uh, but no. So like, the Navy said, listen, it was a false alarm. It was a case of the war jitters. We were, you know, it was whatever. The Army said, uh, uh-uh, uh, there was something in the sky. We were shooting at it, and you know, whatever it was, it just didn't come down. But we were shooting at it, and that was it. Every little, every little newspaper, not the big ones, but all the little newspapers, these little, you know, reporters for these little newspapers tried to contact the Navy and tried to contact the Air Force and tried to contact the, the Army and say, all right, we need some more information. What's going on? No comment. No more. Done. That's, 
uh-huh. wouldn't say anything else. And it wasn't until later in the 70s when they started releasing all this kind of the information, to, you know, about all these kinds of files and stuff where um, it came out where they said it was a weather balloon. Now, <laughs> which, you know, that's an amazingly powerful weather balloon. We should make all of our uh, our planes and stuff out of that same material. Yeah. Why are we not already? Our anti-aircraft rounds at it and it still doesn't come down. That's that's some strong. We should be building our space shuttles out of that. Now, and now, Chris, you're the one who researched this, so mm-hmm. you can tell me this. I thought some people actually lost their life, didn't they? Yeah. Um, what ended up happening was it was a UFO, and they shot lasers at these – no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> <laughs> it was friendly fire. No. Um, actually, you know what's crazy is the people who lost their lives were people who lost their lives from, like – Things that were well, it wasn't that it wasn't related. It was related to this event, but it wasn't in direct relate. Like they weren't hit by shells or or any shrapnel. Though there were a lot of people who had near misses. Um, you can find newspaper reports with with pictures like three or four days later after the event. Uh, and there's one where there's this old lady in her bedroom pointing at her pillow, and there's this huge piece of shrapnel just like embedded right in the. If she had been sleeping, it would split her head right in the middle. Whoa. Yeah, but none of that happened. Uh, the people who died because of this thing died. Um, there was a few heart attacks because it was just too intense. You know, it was insane. Yeah. They thought they it were being loud. attacked. Yeah. yeah, it was loud. They thought they were being attacked. It was just they couldn't handle it. They died of a heart attack. And a couple of people died in car accidents because they were rubbernecking and trying to figure out what the heck was going on as the, the night explodes with, you know, artillery fire and flashing lights and weird things in the sky. Yeah, which, you know, that's not something you see every day. No, no, no. not at all. So people people do that now when there's just a wreck on the side of the road. You know, imagine if there's like all kinds of explosions going up in the sky. Yeah, no kidding. Like, can you imagine? Like, how crazy? Like, we all three lived through nine eleven, right? Can you imagine if the day after nine eleven in your hometown sirens started going off and you started hearing explosions? And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh no, that. And that's what makes that that case so creepy. Mm-hmm. Is that. You know the heart attacks you under you can totally understand that that makes total sense to me that some people just couldn't handle that so like what Chris said of war you know coming to our shore mm-hmm. I mean so that makes sense to me yeah the rubberneckers I then you know <laughs> if I hear explosions I'm gonna keep driving until I get home I'm not gonna look at anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um. It's crazy. Those that was the only ca- those were the only casualties, and there was never any wreckage of anything recovered. Fo- you know, uh, whether balloon or not, planes or not. And then it wasn't until after the war, uh, after the war was over, after Jap- Japan finally surrendered and and gave up, um, their war records were released. We you know they had to release them, and we had all this information on what it was they did and, and how they conducted their their war, and. There's no they, they they deny it. There's nothing in their paperwork. They show the, the the submarines they sent over, but there's no planes that have been sent our way. That's even more creepy. Nothing on the German that, that side either. Yeah. Know. Yeah, nothing on the German side either. Like when after the war, none of the German papers showed any planes that had made it over to the west coast. So and then it wasn't until later, after what was it, nineteen forty seven there was a pilot that that you know, saw these weird things while he was flying past the mountain range, and he called them saucer shaped, and that's when flying saucers were first coined. Yeah, Kenneth uh, Arnold, Arnold, I think. Yeah, yeah, Kenneth Arnold. Very good. Uh, but yeah, like it wasn't like 
like we didn't see things and people didn't point point out weird things in the sky, but they had never been given a name. So after I think after it had been given a name, I feel like this whole thing t- took on a new life. And then especially after conspiracy theorists and ufologists and all this stuff, like this moment in history, which was well documented, which hundreds of thousands of people eyewitnessed saw it and you'll hear contrasting reports so many people say they saw this large massive object in the sky and so many people say there was nothing and then there are some that say they saw planes um this is documented and it wasn't i think this became more like conspiracy theorists and ufologists and these people looked more to this they went back to it after like it was given a name now. You know what I mean? It was, it was, now you were able to go back and say, see, this is what this is. And this, and that's why I think this, um, is a popular story among like UFO people and conspiracy theorists, because I mean, think about it. Every time the the newspapers tried to get back to the, the government and get some, something on it, they would refuse it. And there was always that fight, you know? And what well, you and also, it also, I think it's important to point out that during wartime is there seems to be, to me, it seems like there's more uh, th- odd things seen in the sky. I mean, even World yeah, War II, uh, the fo- not the not the band, <laughs> the Foo Fighters. <laughs> you know, the, a lot of the fighter pilots would see these yeah. other flying things that they could not identify flying along up with them, hmm. and have, that's where Foo Fighters came from. Not again, not the band. Now, well, there is there is documented an, an increase in UFO activity during wartime. Soldiers in Vietnam saw them. Soldiers in Korea saw him. Heck, even the soldiers in Afghanistan and Iraq saw him. Do you think there's a well? If you're if you're a believer in these things, and that maybe there's other beings out there, um, I like to believe that that's possible and that they are. And I and if they do visit, maybe it's because they're 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 trying to figure out how to communicate with us to say stop, like stop what you're doing, like you're destroying each other. Stop doing this. You know what I mean? I I to some extent I agree with that. I hope if. If that ever happens, that, that's how they look at us. Like they want to help us. Yeah, I hope it's not <laughs> going to be where they get tired of it and they're like, you know what? These there's no hope. Let's just annihilate them because they're going to destroy our galactic senate. Yeah. Well, what's, yeah. what's interesting about it is that you know um, you have people that say that, and then you have the other people like myself that you know firmly believe in in uh, in alien abduction because of the documented cases, you know, behind it. So. It's like, you know, what what do you, Chris, or you, Johnny, have to fear from the frog that you're going to cut open in science class? Hmm. You know? I, I actually got my partner, who was a girl, to do it because I wasn't about to. <laughs> I have a very weak stomach. She was much tougher than me, so she handled that. <laughs> no, we didn't do frogs. We did pigs. But that's actually, fine. we did pigs, too, to be fair. Yeah, was, we, yeah we did pigs, In too. sheep's eyes. <laughs> Ooh! Yeah, yeah that was fun. And the eye of a sheep. Yeah. Oh, one last thing on that um, Battle of L.A. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but every year they commemorate it. They they do reenactments of it uh, down in like the the beaches of San Pedro, San Andre, uh, San Santa Barbara. Um, I don't know if they actually do it on the coasts of L.A. or, or on the coast. Like I don't know which beaches are right off that there, but um, a good friend of ours, uh, Drew Lopez, lives out lives out there, and and he was talking about that that they do a. a reenactment that's kind of cool yeah i'm going to start doing a reenactment of remember this day every year because every time we're doing a show i'm going to reenact the time that you brought up drew lopez (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah we're gonna do we're gonna do a reenactment of that (laughs) mark it on your calendar next year we're gonna bring this up 
Yeah. <laughs> oh God, poor listeners. Now, now, Chris, to move on from yours, yeah. which was beyond fascinating, I think next, Carter, we need to talk about one of, the, by far, one of the most famous uh, UFO, just UFO in general stories that happened in our history. Yeah, not the most famous, you know, when you consider all the other stories. Um, Roswell. And just saying the name, <laughs> just saying the name, people, you know, it evokes an an, an image in people's minds. I was thinking just, of just that TV Roswell. show from the WB back in the day. I used to watch that show too. CW. I actually own all three seasons on DVD. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> I thought I thought I was going to lose you guys with that reference. I thought you guys were going to be like, never saw it. What are you talking about? Nope, 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 not me, my friend. Not me. Nice. I never, uh, but I definitely know of it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've, I've actually, before I get into it, I've actually been to Roswell nice. and I got to tell you, even the people that live there that don't believe understand that it's part of their history as, as the town of Roswell and man, everybody there cashes in on it in their own way. It's, it's kind of a shame, but at the same time, it's interesting to see a UFO museum in Roswell, New Mexico. Um, but anyway, well, well, Carter, before you really get started into that, I mean, since you've actually been there, so you, when, when did you go there? When was this? Um, this would have been in 2002. Okay. So it's not, it's not too terribly long ago. Not too terribly long. So is it still like, it's a small town, right? Yeah, it's still, it's still technically a small town. They get a lot of, uh, a lot, Tourist. as you can imagine, of tourist business. Yeah, so I, mean, I understand what you're saying that it's a, it, it's kind of a shame that that's what they're using. But at the same time, for a small town, especially out in the middle of nowhere like they are, it, well, it, in a way, it was probably a godsend, honestly, because it brings. Well, and like what 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 Chris was just saying about how they reenact the Battle of L.A. You know, every year in Roswell, they do the same thing. They they have they have a crash festival and stuff, and they they reenact the the not necessarily the crash. I mean, they you know, but they basically <laughs> just have a big party. When yeah. day that that they figured the crash actually happened, the problem is it's difficult to to figure out when exactly it happened, because so it, I think it's important. I think it's important now, just to like kind of give. I'm pretty sure most of the people who are listening to this have at the very least heard of Roswell, but I still think it's important that we kind of give the basics of what the story is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Roswell, um, revol- the story revolves around the one of the first documented crashes of a ufo on american soil um and it happened somewhere between the second or third of july in 1947 and it happened on farmland owned by a rancher named mac brazel and one day brazel was going out into his field and he noticed this shiny metallic almost like aluminum foil uh, material scattered all over his field and so he collected some of the material and he went into town and he made a couple of phone calls and he got some people out there to, to check it out and eventually the government got wind of it and they sent out a guy uh jesse marcel to check it out marcel collected more of these scrap metal pieces uh the interesting thing is apparently this this scrap metal when you balled it up in your fist and opened your fist, it would reform into the original shape. Which that that right there, you know, just sounds creepy enough. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like those pillows that you can lay your head on. 
Exactly, it's to... like metal yeah. memory foam. Yeah, thank you. That's what I could think of the name of. It's like a, it's like a ship made of the T-1000. You know? Oh, um, nice. Nice. So, so this guy, uh, Marcel, collected this stuff, took it back to uh, Roswell Army Airfield, and had some of his superiors look at it. And eventually they released it in the newspaper that the Army had captured a flying saucer. The Army came and cleaned up the crash site, mm-hmm. took it all back to Roswell Army Airfield. They said uh, it supposedly, was. Supposedly yeah. they shipped some of it off to uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Yeah, that's a very famous newspaper headline, too. I mean, that's right up here with some of your most famous ones in our history was was that. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting when you think about what the, you know, what the headline is announcing, you know, uh, um, U.S. Army captures flying disc. Yep. You know, that's 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 a pr- it, it, it's a big deal. It is. You know, if you think about it, that's a really big deal. And then the next day they came out and said, "No, we messed up. It's actually just a weather balloon." It was a weather balloon. <laughs> <laughs> and they and they took pictures of poor Jesse Marcel with this weather balloon. If you look at the pictures. You can even see by the look on his face. Yeah. What am What am I doing here? He's like, well, they, they made him to look. They made him out to look like an idiot to, to, make for whatever reason. An idiot. And it wasn't until the 1980s or the late 1970s, early 1980s that this case really became what it is now. Um, yeah, because yeah, because didn't it kind of go dormant there for a while? It wasn't really it did, talked about. It, it did for a long time. There's a couple of people that are responsible for it. One guy is Stanton Friedman. Uh, wrote a book called Crash at Corona, which is, details a lot of the Roswell crash. Is Corona the name of the? That's the name of the ranch, right? Yes. Yeah. And the beer. <laughs> and the beer. The beer that was drank at the ranch. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so this this case sort of became the original, you know, OG UFO case because it has such a long history. It was an obvious government cover-up, the first of its kind for that type of situation, um, and the fact that nobody talked about it for so long, and then there was just an explosion of information about the case. Wasn't there – I remember that seeing something when I was – I don't know when at some point in my – long history with the fascination of this stuff that they would they had other things not just that cellophane stuff like there were these like eye rods uh eye beams and stuff you know eye beam rods and stuff with like weird hieroglyphics sketched into the side of them i've i've read those stories too unfortunately those ones are unsubstantiated by either marcel who died in the 90s or marcel's son who now is basically the only source of that information yeah that's what i think it was hit the sun right and he said when his dad brought the stuff home like he remembered looking at that and he just remembers vividly that these these little like symbols on the side of this thing they were like in a purple color or something like that and they were all yeah. weird hieroglyphics things he had never seen before ever now you know what really what kind of bothers oh. me is let's say let's just for the sake of the argument let's say that it, that they did have it wrong it was it was a weather balloon uh-huh. our government you know, our armed forces should know when they first see it if it's a weather balloon or not. Right. Absolutely. So that, that newspaper headline should have never came out then, if that's what it was. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And that's, to me, that's another one of the things that lends credence to the actual story. Yeah, or the actual this existence. Was a UFO crash. 
See that stuff like that for me, Len, like really supports my belief that the government does cover cover up a lot of it because they know these things exist. Um, and I used to think like maybe they didn't want to tell us about it because they were afraid of how the 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 population would react. But like, what do you, would you be afraid of? What would happen? What's the worst that would happen? You told people in, in the world, or you know, hey, they do exist, by the way. Uh, mass religious hysteria. Uh, basic breakdown of uh, uh, social programs. But, but why would I it? Mean, it? Knowing that there's that, another civilization. You know, exactly. <laughs> but, but, we have that now in North Carolina over who's going to what bathroom. I don't so know. I, <laughs> I just don't understand why that's like um, – why? Why is that? What is it that they fear? Why do they think that it'll happen? Why do they think well, all this do, hysteria would happen? Do you think? Like I, I think that they just use that as a smokescreen. Obviously, yeah, that's what I. Yeah, do. I think. I think it's by far an excuse. That's oh. a definite excuse. Yeah, they just don't want to tell us. But I like, think overall, the the major population, a are they probably. I think most of the people in the United States assume that the government hides stuff from us anyway. Yeah. Exactly. And and also, I think like half the stuff they think they will happen won't happen when they if they told people about this they 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 admitted that area 51 was real and like it was barely a news story because <laughs> everyone's like oh, of course it is you think we're idiots yeah yeah, we're not we, yeah we already about this. knew about this we already knew about this it's like we're gonna write about it again no thanks yeah <laughs> well and that's you know that's one of the interesting things about driving through you know new mexico and other places you know out west is there are those long stretches of highway yeah. where there's just chain link on both sides that says property of U.S. government, no trespassing. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have a but lot of land. It goes out. on for miles and Shoot. miles. Kill and on sight. Like, what is this? Shoot on sight. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. They have a ton of land, like like all out through there. Yeah. All kinds of stuff out through there. Mm-hmm. Well, so, it, it makes you wonder what else is going on out there. You know, that's why, again, I feel the Roswell case is probably one of the most true accounts because there's so many, not necessarily circumstantial things, but there's a lot of true, you know, evidence to back this up. The newspaper articles, the fact of what Chris just said, that, that, you know, members of the U.S. military are going to know if it's a weather balloon versus a, an actual crashed flying saucer. You know, but yeah, they should at least know what wreckage, what what the wreckage is from. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if it's and if it's something that they can't identify, then that's when you would put that out there. You know, I've I've even heard theories that um uh ro- the whole the entire Roswell crash was just a, a Russian stunt. It was the Russians oh. trying to freak us out. <clears throat> That Stalin had uh, all these uh, experiments done on children and uh, used Nazi uh, uh, saucer technology recovered during the war and it just the craziest stuff. Wow, but I never heard that. That's crazy. It's it's a pretty insane theory. It has to do with Stalin basically trying to freak us out after we joined World War II. Huh. Have you guys ever read the actual article? U.S. captures you or Air Force captures disc or whatever. A long, long time ago. It's been forever. Did they mention? Yeah. Did they mention, or was there mention of the bodies of the aliens um, back then, or was that something that came out later? That oh, by I the way, I believe that was something that came out later. Yeah, I'm pretty positive it was later. So, do you think that something like this, or something like the Battle of L.A., or any of these other uh, close encounters or supposed uh, contacts, like, do you think um, over time 
it's almost like the telephone effect, the game telephone, where there was it, there were facts, but then as it's gone I, through the filter and as more people I, told the story, it adds more to it, you know? I think it depends on which cases you're talking about. Um, like, there's a, there's a very famous case from Texas called the Cash Landrum case, and it has to do with a woman, her friend, and the woman's um, son. And they're driving down a highway in Texas, and they spot this UFO in the middle of the highway, this diamond-shaped UFO with this kind of jet of flame coming out underneath it. So the two women get out of the car and try to approach the thing. It's too hot for them to get anywhere near it. When they go back to the car, one woman burns her hand opening the car door. Another woman puts her hand on the dash, and her hand sinks into the dash because the plastic is so hot that it melted um, and then later, both had to go to the the hospital to be treated for radiation sickness. And they also claimed that when they got back into the car, they saw a fleet of U.S. Army helicopters chase this thing away, more or less. So when you have cases like that where there's there's actual documented, you know, evidence of a close encounter like radiation sickness or burns on the hand from how hot the metal is i've seen pictures of the car dash i was gonna say that they have is there is there there are pictures of the car dash and you there is a clear imprint of a hand on that car dash really hey hey carter there's also if and you might be able to remember what the name of this is i think it took place in kentucky and had to deal with the police officer in his hopkinsville goblin incident oh i've heard about that well, yeah, like his, well, like his police car had physical signs of something happening to it. Oh, you're talking. It's actually about, in a museum too. Yeah, you're talking about that one. I've seen there's there, and there's another one. I thought you were talking about this one, the Hopkins, the the Hopkinsville Goblin. Yeah, case. I've heard of that. Have you guys ever heard about that one? Sounds painful. <laughs> well, it's it's about this these two families in this farmhouse in uh, uh, Hopkinsville, um, basically had a close encounter with aliens there the entire night. And not only that, they shot at them. Oh, there, I have there are reports of, from the neighbors of mm-hmm. them hearing gunshots throughout the night. And the police showed up the next day. They found a clear imprint on the ground from where one of the family members says he shot one and, and put it down. <sighs> um, there were. But what happened to the body? It the thing got up and ran off. Oh, I mean, it, it, they reported that when he shot it, it sounded like he was shooting a trash can. Oh, he's Batman. He got sh- that, yeah. Shot I him mean, in the bat helmet. And, and and even something like that, you could turn around and say, "Oh, well, they're just you know whatever." But you have the neighbors that that maintain, yes, there were gunshots from this farmhouse all night, hmm. and the police showing up, and the family eventually stopped talking about it hmm. and sold off their farm and moved because there was so much surrounding it. And they were just sick of it. Yeah, the the one I'm thinking of was in Kentucky, and what happened was that people in that town—I wish I can remember the town—were started to see something, and they called into the 911 center or whatever, and they would dispatch police officers out, and they actually would see a thing too, and they chased it even. Yep. They there, followed it. There's recordings, right? It actually caused damage to one of the guy's cars, and like it's it's that's documented. The, that's the case that they used for. Uh... Remember the the police car chase and close encounters of the third kind. Yeah, they they use some of that that case file for that chase. Yeah, I, I remember reading about that now in something. I wish I could remember the the town, but yeah, I remember that that that's even see again physical evidence. 
that's what you have to look for in these cases. It's hmm. physical well, the reason, evidence. Yeah, well, the reason I brought that one up, too, was that you had you had police officers. I mean, these are even more so, if you're going to believe anybody, you would want to believe your police officers. Oh, yeah. Telling the truth, but that they saw something. You yep. can you can go on on YouTube and look this up, but I remember watching I think it's like Unsolved Mysteries, and there was one where it was police officers witnessing a UFO, and they would call to each other on the radio, and they would follow it all the way you know down, and they'd say you know I can still see it from this spot, and he goes okay uh, you know I'm gonna have to turn back or else he's you know going into another town, and they would yep. pick it up from the other end like all right we're gonna watch this, and they'd follow it you know what I mean? You can go yep. on YouTube and actually listen to police radio chatter about UFOs and hear them talk about what they're seeing in the sky and that's and and that's what makes that to me even more credible because these are police officers they they are trained they know what it is that they're looking at these guys obviously know you know the difference between a quote unquote flying saucer and an airplane or helicopter you would you would hope so yeah, I, I mean yeah. <laughs> that's the the assumption you know is that hopefully hopefully these guys know what they're talking about but right to me, that lends more credibility to it, also. Yeah, yeah for real. That's I mean, that's why I brought that one up. There's been yeah, a lot of that, cases that, of people yeah, like that. Yeah, that makes it that makes it a ton more credible to me. And that's why I also always always officer. find the the pilot when the pilots would say they saw something. Yes, I always find those very credible because they get they get like ridiculed if they actually admit that they see things. It seems, and, they, and so they, they so they don't want to come out and say it. So when they do exactly. say, it, I believe it. Exactly. I agree. Yep, I do too. I mean, whether it's aliens or just a, you know special, whatever that the government's making some kind of flying objects they don't want nobody to know about. Whatever it is, it's obviously something that they're seeing up there. Yeah, and absolutely. that's what you know, and that's the thing. A lot of things people say that 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 the government was creating space, you know, their own aircraft that they just didn't want us to know about. It was top secret because. Back in those days, they would talk about this triangular-shaped thing in the sky over and over and over. And then what, in the late eight, like in the 80s, they came out with the stealth bomber? Yeah, that's what I was about to you say. Yeah. yeah, and a lot. then you'll have the other side, the, the conspiracy theorists and the, that will argue the reason we have the stealth bomber is because we, caught, we got that technology, reverse-engineered it, and made our own. Hmm. I, From the 50s I kind of all the way to that, the 80s. Honestly. That's 30 years of reverse engineering by the time we got it right. Yeah, I I somewhat agree with that to an extent. And then you'll always have the arguments also like where our technology was, you know, at one point, And then after the Roswell incident, it's just exploded and, and you know, grown leaps and bounds. I kind of agree with that. <laughs> Johnny? Steve Jobs is an alien, or was. <laughs> I believe that's true, too. <laughs> yeah, Steve Jobs isn't dead. He just went home. But overall, like... <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon? <laughs> and it's my fault. I didn't even mean to bring it up. Actually, I said his name and forgot that he had passed away. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's, which is really terrible. Because I'm oh. so used to just his name being around. But <laughs> um, So, obviously, Carter, uh, Carter and I are very much along the same line of thinking we have a very strong belief in this kind of stuff and that there is government cover-ups and all this kind of stuff but johnny where are you so you, you just you still want to stick with you're not ruling it out but you don't know how far you believe i if i'm saying this if for whatever reason like tomorrow the government admits that aliens are real i'm not i will not be surprised 
There you go. That's I, what I will say. You know I, what I, believe? I will not be surprised. You know what I think, and I really think this. I think that a lot of um, the stuff we see on TV, a lot of the movies, a lot of the literature, I think a lot of it is influenced, um, not all of it, but I think that there's pieces of it that are put out um, as a preparation for humans because they know that they already exist. So that they put all these different things for us out there so that we can be prepared to know that there's all kinds of races of aliens out there. And we don't just have nice, friendly ETs or, you know, Pauls. We have, you know, Independence Day kind of aliens out there also. And I feel like that, um, yeah, I'm with you. If they told us tomorrow that that's the case, it wouldn't surprise me. And I think these little things that we keep getting, uh, oh, we found, you know, alien life and it's a microbe, you know, like it's it's letting it's it's slowly getting us used to the fact that we're not the only ones here. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, we, we found evidence of water on Mars. So, you know, it's obvious that this stuff, there can be living organisms in other areas of space. I mean, we are nowhere near knowing what's out there. Hmm. Have you ever had it? Have any, either of you guys ever had any kind of experience where you thought, was that a UFO? Was that did I just see that? Yep. I, I got a quick story. Oh yeah. My, or one of my best friends, Trevor, who I actually do retro bliss with, a uh, cheap plug right there. Beautiful. Uh, he he is like I don't even know. He he will never ever say aliens are real. I'm not saying he's a skeptic, but it would take a lot to convince him, right? Uh-huh. But he told me the story once, and this man has never ever lied to me, ever. And apparently because his mom brought it up, who again is somebody who I completely trust. Mm-hmm. I grew up with these people. I know if they would be lying or not. He he had drew this picture of like it looked like an alien in the sky, like an alien in the sky. And apparently, when he was young, he went outside and saw something in the sky, and he couldn't tell what it was. And and then his mom asked him to draw it, and that's what he drew. And it looks just like a UFO. Really? Wow, yeah. that's kind of yeah. creepy. Yeah, I've I've saw some things in the sky before that I couldn't explain, but it was nothing like I don't I don't know what they were. I couldn't tell you. Like what? What's the story? For, what's the story? I want to hear this. I had spent the night over at my grandmother's house, which was a creepy house to start with, which is a story for another time. Uh, one of those old two, old two three-story houses, you know? Yeah. And I felt the house, this is a, another story too, that house was haunted as all get out. But <laughs> So maybe I was already on edge. That'll come back for Late a- at night one night, me and my cousin had spent the night over there. And the bed that I was sleeping in, like the head of the bed was at the window. So I could look out the window easy. And I would watch the cars go by because the, the highway was right there. But then I saw something up in the air that looked really weird. It was, like, it was a light up in the sky, just a single light. And it was kind of zigzagging back and forth, sort of. And I didn't know what it was. And I got my cousin over there, and he looked at it. This is like at 11, 12 at night or whatever. We should have been asleep because we were teenagers at the, at the oldest. <laughs> and so we we snuck outside to look up there and it was the craziest thing i've ever seen just this weird light zigzagging is the best way i could describe it back and forth and then it just kind of it didn't zip off you know people say things things zip off it just disappeared so that's that's the one weird thing i saw and he saw it it too like it just blinked out sort of like it just faded out i guess a better way to put it all right so you said you saw it in the sky so when you looked out the window what are you looking at is there woods is it a neighborhood is it a city it's definitely not a city where I live, and this is this is house is not that far from where I live now. It's very much there's a lot of cow pastures, hmm. there's a lot of woods. I'm out in the country. I'm really close to the mountains here. How far away did the light seem? It was way up there. I couldn't tell you. Because uh, I was going to sure. say it, it was high enough for me to tell the difference between that and car lights for sure. No, but it wasn't a lightning bug. You know what I mean? 
Because that would have to be a out. huge lightning bug. Okay, so it had to be big. Okay, I just, yeah. that's, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, because huh. and a lightning bug also blinks, you know, in and out. Yeah, this exactly. thing was a constant light while it was up there until it went out, and it was up there a good thirty seconds to a minute, somewhere around in there, from what I remember. Hmm. Again, this was many years ago. So, <laughs> Carter, what about you? Dude, some of the stuff I've seen would blow your socks off. <laughs> What's the best one you got? The let best some, one I got. Let me put uh, some socks on. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got two that are really good, um, and I've got another one that, pardon my language, may be BS. And if it is, it's probably the world's greatest troll I've ever been privy to. Uh oh. Um. All right, let's, let's, let's hear let's, your I best one that's real the and then the we'll troll. Let's do one now, and then we'll actually spread these out. Oh, beautiful. All right, what do you guys want to hear? So which one? Which one? Do you want a real like, one or the troll one? I, part of me really wants to hear the troll one. I, I know, me why. too. Me too. Let's hear the troll <laughs> one. Let's hear the troll okay. one. I, t- I think I may have told you guys this one <laughs> on a previous podcast, but uh, when I was a kid, I used to live in this – It's not. it wasn't even really a neighborhood. It was just like a side street that connected two major roads, and there were other houses on it and whatnot, and we, my house backed up to a creek. And so I, you know, as a kid, I used to play in the creek, you know, all the time. I pretended I was Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, in Predator, like all the time. <laughs> so, so I'm out there playing one day. I'm probably about 12 years old. And the creek runs in such a way that you can be behind other people's houses and not see the house, you know. You know, you know you're not in your own yard anymore, but you can't tell specifically which yard it is without you know, little landmarks and stuff like that. So I was about two houses over from my house, which was probably, I don't know, three or 400 yards from, from my yard. It was really big patches of land. You know, we're on like an acre, acre and a half. So I'm down there with my little toy guns and stuff. I've got my camouflage on. You know, I'm, I'm probably getting to that age where I'm a little too old to be out there playing, but nobody can see me, so who cares? So you're so this is like a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> are you pretend? Oh. Are you pretending predators in stealth mode? Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so I'm so I'm down there. I'm in the creek bed, and it's kind of you know sloping away from me up on either side, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the kids across the creek from us, or from me, had built, like, little blinds in the trees, you know, so that they could kind of sit up there and mess with each other, you know. Oh, I got you! I got you! So I'm near one of those, and I'm looking out at the creek, and I see these three kind of grayish-looking things, and they start moving and turning around. And they're like your classic, you know, gray alien. But they look like, uh, like, honestly, like maybe they're stoned or drunk or something because they're kind of <laughs> not, they're kind of not moving like you would, you know, like they're confused or something, you know? And I swear to God, I've never run so fast in my entire life. <laughs> and that, that may be the greatest troll that anybody has ever pulled off because it may, you know, it, it, but. I swear to you. What time of day was this? This was probably four or five in the afternoon, you know, right after school. What time of year? Uh, the fall. Oh, so you're talking dusk. It's going to be getting darker, right? 
yeah, yeah, it's going to be starting to get darker. Low and, light. Yeah. Maybe in your what you didn't realize you were seeing was actually someone's bare ass, and there was a couple people doing it back there. Maybe so. And that's what your brain told you, so you could, <laughs> so you could actually process and be a person the next day. But if uh, if they, if those people were gray, then they've got a serious vitamin D deficiency. But they need to be out more. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, really. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh man. Oh, I've never had anything myself personally. I had a one thing like one time that was just it could be anything could have been a satellite i was uh at my sister-in-law's and we were in the hot tub and her hot tub's outside we were sitting back and looking up um at the stars and i remember watching this little light you know up up way up there going by and i was thinking to myself i wonder if that's the space station or the satellite right and i'm watching it go glide by slowly and as it started to get like more where it was overhead um it seemed to grow like the grow in light you know what i mean like the light got brighter 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 so that the pin like the pin size that it was started to get bigger yeah you know what i mean and i was like holy cow what the heck is going on and then i like i remember i looked down to look at at my sister-in-law my my wife and i was like you guys see that and as i looked back up it wasn't there so i was like what the heck and i like my eyes continued to scan to see if i could see anything and who knows so and i wrote that off as if maybe it was like a satellite and it got to a point where the sun could hit it and it got brighter you know what i mean yeah yeah um other than that like the only thing i've ever had that was close to me at all was my dad had a had uh had an experience in new york city um when he was younger he was in his 20s and he and his brother were going to pick up their other brother, my other uncle, from the airport, and they were going by Shea Stadium. Uh, and I guess they said they saw something in the sky, and they thought it was fireworks for after the Mets game. And uh, it ended up being, I guess, the next day in the papers, they said that, that hundreds of people in the, the you know the stadium said they saw a UFO over the stadium. Oh, Maybe, cool. Oh, man, how cheap are those aliens? <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> or how bored were they? Why were they going to watch the Mets? Play if baseball? I try to watch the Mets, if I climb up a tree to try to get a, a free peek, you know, I'll get thrown in jail. <laughs> Thank them aliens. That's awesome. Um, but that's not to say I've never really wa- – I've always my whole life have been just waiting for that moment. Like finally I saw one. You know what I mean? This, this is going to sound really weird, but I kind of think it would be really cool to see something that you truly cannot explain. I do too. You know, like what I said before, what happened to me, like it could have, it really honestly could have been anything. I don't, I don't know what it was. It could have just been whatever. I mean, a weather who knows? balloon. It maybe, maybe it was a giant lightning bug, like you said, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, like the Phoenix Lights, just for an example, oh. you know how cool it would be to kind of be a part of that? Yeah, exactly. Oh, walked out and saw something like that. I oh, mean, yeah, absolutely. Kind of, I was going to bring that up earlier when you were talking about all these documented things with the police and all that, because I think there's some police radio part of that entire thing where people there saw is. it and there were people following it. There's all kinds of video footage you can find on YouTube. You just type in Phoenix Lights, all different angles of people trying to figure out what are these lights in our sky. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, even over our capital, our nation's capital, they've had a weird thing. I mean, they've even sent out jets and stuff because they would something weird was on the radar near the White House one time. Huh. Years years ago, that kind of stuff. So it happens. Yeah, it's in it's it's embedded in our history more than you would than the government wants to admit. False. Well, some, of that, some of that is their fault. You know, I mean, yeah. there's they they've been making too many weather balloons. <laughs> yes. How much money are we spending on these weather balloons? That's the problem there. That's the dude you got to fire. 
Maybe that's why we don't see him anymore. They finally got smart and we're like, just stop making the weather balloons. Let's pretend I, I gotta, let's I pretend gotta, we can figure out the weather. I gotta yeah. make a joke, guys. Johnny's over here talking about how much money do we spend on weather balloons? We don't really think they spend forty thousand dollars on a hammer, do you? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Must David <laughs> <laughs> I should have won a tie. Look at me. I look like a Shlemiel. <laughs> oh, man. You guys excited for the other, the new one? Oh, dude. I, yes. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's going to be awesome. I love the first one for all its cheesy glory, so I can't wait yes, for this one. of course. There's so many good lines in the first one, too, man. Oh, just the whole president's speech. You can just play oh. that over and over again. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the Will Smith dragging the alien through the desert when he's like, I could be at a barbecue right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But no. And how about like that first uh, like that's and visually speaking, like I remember how cool it was like when he woke up in the morning, he went to go take a piss, looked out the window and he could see the city skyline and then this huge, you know, thing just hovering above the city. Like that oh, was yeah. just so awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was and that was one of the first big summer movies when I was growing up. that really got me into loving those kind of movies. Oh, yeah. Was, me was too. Same. I mean, the, it blowing up all these big things that you've always grown up seeing in history books, just blowing them up like they're nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, big time. This has been a great show, guys. Yeah, I enjoyed Absolutely. this one a lot. Awesome. So, I guess for, I guess this is it, then we'll just call it a quits. Do you want to do your promos? Uh, wrestling promos? <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it in your best wrestling voice. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> If if you like me, you know, which should be most of you, my mom likes me. And if she's smart enough to like me, then you should like me too. You should follow me on Twitter at Johnnyism and also on Instagram at Johnnyism28. And make sure you listen to my other shows as well. Retro Bliss, if you like old school video games, we're talking Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Nintendo 64, you know, of that ilk. Uh, you know, please listen to that. We have a Facebook page for that as well as Instagram and Twitter, which is Retro Blist. And also, man, I feel like I, I'm just taking up all this time <laughs> talking about myself. Into Oblivion. Into Oblivion is just a, a comedy podcast I do with my buddy Bobby. Uh, check us out. We got a Facebook page for that as well. And also my artwork. You know, check out my art. I need money. Pay me. Money. <laughs> nice, nice. I do other podcasts as well. I do a comic book one with a couple of friends, and it's called Back Issues Comic Book Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. We're on Instagram at uh, Back Issues, Twitter BICB Podcast, uh, and we actually are on MixLR.com and online radio BICBP Radio. Um, what else? That's about it. Carta. Sadly, this is my only podcast, <laughs> but. <laughs> For those that are interested, I am a, a writer, a novelist, and I have two novels out right now. I have a third one coming out pretty soon. Hopefully. And, and he loves hopefully. editors. Editors are his most favorite thing. I was just going to bring that up. I was going to say <laughs> he, he should he should start a new podcast with an editor. Called I Love Editors. Yeah. It's called I Want to Kill You, and all you do is berate the editor the entire time. <laughs> I love your. I want to. I want to do. I want to do this podcast. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite things to read is when I can tell you just talk to an editor. <laughs> exactly. It's so funny. I bust out I, laughing. I, I every get a time. great joy out of it. <laughs> it's awesome. So, what's the name of your books again? Uh, the first book is called House on Dead Boy Lane. Second book is called Meadowview Road, and the third book coming out soon is called Spider's Web. Excellent. Do you have an Instagram? I do not, but you can find me on Facebook under House on Dead Boy Lane. 
and uh, under Carter Johnson. Very nice. All right, gentlemen. Another one in the books. Another one for the history books. Another one up in the sky. Another one bites oh. the dust. Dan, Dan. Oh, we can't do. We'll have to pay royalties. We can't do any more than that. You gotta, you gotta do an alternate version. Yeah, we gotta change the lyrics. Another one bites the trust. There you go. <laughs> the crust. Oh, here you go. All That's, right. We could, do, we could sing that when we're eating pizza. There you go. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. This was good, listeners. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. Later. Next week. <laughs>